Good morning. It's a privilege and an honor to be a part of our uh, Grace Covenant pastor team and uh, do what we're doing today, which is three different pastors, same message, three different services. And so uh, for the 845 service, Pastor Stephen Law knocked it out the park, and uh, I get the opportunity to uh, preach the second. And I guess I won't tell you who's preaching the third just to keep the suspense going for those who are watching online about to come here. Um, so we're going through our core values, and, and the core values of our church uh, are so uh, intertwined in everything that we do. It's how we relate to one another. Uh, it's how we minister. It's how we do what we do from an outreach perspective, um, and then just from the different ministries that you've heard about already. Um, and so the goal is for us as an entire church to know what our core values are, to grow in our core values, and then to be the church that God has specifically called Grace Covenant Church to be. And so today we'll be talking about evangelism. Evangelism is one of the five. The five are evangelism, lordship, discipleship, leadership, development, and family. And so uh, I love that Pastor Brett allows us next generation uh, folks to share on the values. And what I understand is while we're doing so, we're reminding him and all of you that this is generational. It's transferable. And so as we continue to grow, as we continue to go for another 35 years, the core values are still the core. Nothing changes. And so I'm blessed by that reality. We're going to get into the scripture in just a second, but we're going to talk a little bit about evangelism. We're going to debunk some things about evangelism. Uh, we'll get equipped so that we can evangelize. Um, I want to do this real quick. Raise your hand if you know what evangelism is. Okay. All right, good. Um, I want to also do this. Uh, have you ever been in, in, in a place where, where maybe someone was talking at you? Maybe you're on a street corner, and maybe there was a Bible-thumping guy, maybe a doomsday guy, I don't know, or gal, and they're saying, repent, repent, the kingdom is at hand, and, and they're yelling at you, and they're telling you about what you're wearing and all that stuff. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, that is evangelism. Not great form. But that's evangelism. Have you ever been in a situation, uh, maybe with some church friends, maybe your, uh, your small group or some folks that you know, and you're doing a good deed, maybe a community service, community outreach type of thing, and then everybody goes, uh, goes home and they say, man, we evangelized today. Anybody ever felt that? No? Yes? Yeah, I saw that hand. And so sometimes we mistake evangelism for outreach. Sometimes we mistake evangelism for community service. And so we want to debunk that myth, and we want to call evangelism exactly what it is. Here is the definition of evangelism. It's so simple. The sharing of the good news. The sharing of the good news. What is the good news? The good news is the gospel. For some of us, we think the gospel is just a genre of music. It's way more than that. <laughs> the gospel is the good news because there was really bad news. The bad news is that we were all sinful cut away, cast away, hell-bound because of our sin. We are fallen because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, and because of that, we were not allowed to get back into the covenant that God had originally planned in the garden. But the good news is Jesus came in, and what he did, amen? amen. Woo, okay. Let me evangelize to you today. The good news is that Jesus is God, 
and man at the same time, the hypostatic union, fully God, fully man, came into the earth because we could not fix ourselves. He lived the life that you and I should have lived, died the death that we deserve to die because Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And so from that moment when he died, he rose from the grave proving to all that he is the son of God and offering at the same time uh, salvation to all who will repent and believe. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We are called, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. But disciples make disciples. We're called to make disciples. That's what he said. He told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He said, go therefore and make disciples. Baptize them. This is the call, the mandate from Jesus to do so. So the truth is, just because you raise your hand doesn't make you a disciple of Jesus when, when the pastor says, it's time to give your life to Jesus. I know that now it's quiet. Okay, there we go. This is right where I wanted to be. Just because you've gone to church all your life does not make you a disciple of Jesus. That just means that you show up to a place often. I can go to Starbucks every day. I'm not a bar- barista barista? No, I'm not. I'm just a customer that shows up every day. And so for us, we can't, we can't separate the two. I am a child of God. I'm a believer in Christ. I do the work of an evangelist. Not all of us are called to be evangelists. Statistics say that 1% of the church are evangelists. 1%. Now, that's not as alarming because it's a gifting thing. And I understand what Ephesians is talking about when Paul says that that each, each office has a specific, there's a, there's a specific office of the ministry of the gospel. And so I understand it. There's apostles, there's teachers, there's pastors. I get it. What's more alarming is the other statistic that only 10% will do the work of the evangelist. Only 10% of the entire church does the work of the evangelist. And so we're going to break down what it means to be stuck. The goal of this message is to help two types of people today be unstuck. Anybody ever been stuck before? Okay, I've been there. I've been, someone clapped? That's real stuck. <laughs> I got you. You just, you stick with me. There are two types of stuck that we're going to address today. Number one is the fallen world around us. The fallen world around us. The world that we live in is filled with people who self-medicate, who watch Oprah and Ayanla, who, who listen to certain types of music to get free, who go to vacations to run away from their reality that they live in and only to return back. And then it, it's like, it's like the, 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 the demons that come back with seven more demons. You go back to the work, workplace. It's worse than it was before you left. We have a fallen world around us that feels hopeless. They are stuck, spiritually stuck. Now, the only thing worse than that reality is that most of them are most of them will at least come in contact with one or more believers who have a fear to share the gospel to them. The only thing that could be worse than being stuck is the people who have what will get you unstuck scared to help you get unstuck. And so we're going at those two things today, the fallen world and the fear that the enemy uses to debilitate us believers keeping us from sharing the gospel. True disciples of Jesus make disciples. In other words, 
scared believers don't make no believers. You know the phrase, scared money don't make no money. Scared believers don't make no believers. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. And the gospel is the reality of the love that Jesus gave to us. And so if that perfect love has done its work in you and you have now yielded to him saying, I surrender, I love you with all my heart, the fear is, should be gone. And if the fear is still there, we pray it out. We, we, we work it out in, in, in our, as we work out our sanctification, our salvation. But, but the fear cannot be from sharing the gospel. That, that fe- if, if the fear is that we share the gospel, then there's something fundamentally wrong there. Whether it, either we don't trust God enough to move or we trust ourselves too much and we think that we're the ones that are supposed to do it. So we're going to go into the scripture, Acts chapter 16, 25 through 34. Acts chapter 16, 25 through 34. We are going to get unstuck. Amen? Amen. Unstuck. And here's the good news. After this sermon, you don't have to drive to Union Square and stand on a cardboard box and wave your Bible and tell people about Jesus. You don't have to do that. If you want to do it, just make sure you film it so I can see it and I'll post it on YouTube and you're going to trend and I'm going to make money off of it because I'm going to laugh. No, I'm just kidding. But, (laughs) But you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Evangelism is a way of life. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. You don't have to be an evangelist to do the work of an evangelist. It's kind of like being at Grace Covenant Church. This is your home. You are not the janitorial staff, but you can pick up a piece of trash because you do the work of the people who inhabit this house. Acts 16, 25 through 34. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized he and all his household, and he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced, greatly having believed in God with his whole household. Wow. Goodness gracious. Let's pray. What else should you do after reading that? Father God, thank you for giving us these passages in the, gospel, in, in the scripture to inform us, to impact us, and to inspire us to do great things in your name. Bless us as we study this scripture. Help us to get something out of today so that we can be better for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we have this situation. Paul, Silas, 
going out on a missionary journey, trusting God that as he continues to open doors for them, as he continues to send them to places that nobody's ever gone with the gospel, that the gospel would move, it would flourish, many people would get right with God, miracles, signs, and wonders would happen, and so God is moving, there is a movement happening. Now, as they get to the place that they begin to to minister in, in Macedonia, there comes a young girl. Now, they had just uh, uh, led a woman to the Lord, and, and they were starting their move. It's, it's like the apostles and disciples, they go into a place, and they know exactly what God is going to do. You know, they don't know how he's going to do it, but they know revival's coming. They know an awakening is coming. And so, so many of us, aren't we the same way? God, you just gave me this new job. You just got me into this new neighborhood. You just got me into this new relationship. I know you're going to do something special. Great anticipation. After this lady receives Jesus and many start to, start to grow in the knowledge of Christ, a young girl who's possessed, she's a, 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 a basically a, a slave girl, but she has a, a possession of demons in her, and so she becomes a fortune teller. So her slave owner uses her, uh, you know, her possessed state, that demon that's moving in her, so that they can get their own benefit. They're making money off of this fortune teller, okay? So in the midst of that, this girl, this fortune teller, is nagging Paul all throughout. It says for days. So imagine Paul is walking with Silas and, and going out and teaching the gospel, and this little girl is nagging him on his, on his coat and saying, hey, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. La, 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 la. <laughs> I don't know what she was saying, but it said the Bible says that she annoyed him. I got three kids, so I'm just trying to think of the most annoying thing that they do to me. Hey, 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 hey. I don't know what she was doing. I don't know what she was doing, but Paul is not a man that's easily moved. It said it annoyed Paul. She was probably acting up, needed a whooping on her backside. And Paul turns to her and says, demon, be gone. (laughs) And the demon flees from her, only to upset her slave master, who is now out of money. At least one of his eight streams of income is gone. (laughs) and so here we are in this situation where they go to the magistrates and say hey we're we're running out of money we're messing up you know this guy with this gospel and these this witchcraft that he's doing all this man you've got to do something right now they say okay we're going to throw him in the jail now there's a couple things we can get we haven't even gotten to verse 25 yet (laughs) but i want to tee this up so we can really sit in the scripture today there's a couple things we can get from just that let's just throw a couple out number one God sends you on a mission, and it doesn't always look like, you know, it, it won't always look like the way that you saw in your prayer time. <laughs> you don't, typically, we don't pray and we say, God, I believe that you're going you're gonna to allow a major obstacle to be in the way. And so for that obstacle, Lord, I'm praying for, you, for me to have the diligence and the humility and the patience to work through that. And then on the next obstacle, and I know after those two, that's where you're leading me. No, we're thinking that it's the shortest dis- distance between two points, a straight line. But typically when God calls us, the line is a little jagged. Why is it jagged? Because we're jagged. And so he's trying to do something on the inside of us on our way to where we're going. Because when we get there, we can't be so messed up that we can't do what God has called us to do there. So don't hate on the jagged line because you're the jagged line. Just fall in alignment with him who is the straight path. He's straight and narrow. And then when you get there, you'll say, I think I'm better for this. All right, so, so Paul ends up in jail. Oh, yeah, that was one thought. Hold on, another thought, another thought, another thought. You know, haters are real. 
But, but, but we, we don't battle flesh and blood. See, because as soon as I said hater, some of y'all thought about a person. <laughs> but we don't battle flesh and blood. These are spiritual principalities. These are dark things that war uh, in, in, the, in the dark places. And so we walk by the spirit. And so what I want you to do is repent for calling that person a hater. Re- repent for, for hating on that person. Don't return hate for hate. That's not how this works. But uh, what I want you to do is be so mission-minded like Paul that even in the midst of where you're going, you hear the hate, you hear the talk, and you say, demon, you flee because I'm on a mission. And then as soon as you do that, something happens. Got to pray, got to get in your Bible, got to grow in God so that we can be mature. See, the problem isn't that we can't get to the certain place or that God won't allow us to get to the certain place. There's maturation that's necessary to get to that place. And so walk in righteousness, grow and be holy as he is holy and get to know Jesus so that you can be war ready. You can be mission minded. So when the little things come, those little things, which are demons, they're very small because God is very big. I'm not saying they're small to us. I'm saying God is very big and he is is in us. That means that we get big when we get closer to God. All right, let's get into the passage, verse 25. So midnight, Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns. It's translated that really they were, they were uh, um, singing. They were singing hymns. Not, not so much praying, but maybe the song was a prayer. And so the first point is the movement. Movement. There's four points today. There's the movement. There's the music. There's the moment. There's the message. Don't write them all down. Just stick with me. We're going to stay on movement for a second, okay? The movement. The movement. God said go. He allowed Paul to be set apart for his great work, and so God thrusted him into a new place. The gospel is not a movement. The gospel is a response to a moving God. Evangelism is not a movement. It's the response to a moving God. The gospel is good news. The good news is that God moved. Evangelism is sharing the good news, the good news that God moved. So I, we, we, we look at the movement. Everybody wants to start a movement. No, start at where God is, what he's already done. Allow that to be the movement that pushes you. And Paul was following God as the gospel was leading him into this great movement, only to find himself in a prison, in a jail cell. Now, it says that they were in the inner cell, the inner part of the jail, meaning that there's the jail and then there's the hole. The jail is where everybody is. Maybe they're sitting next to each other, but then there's the hole. It's dark, mildew, termites, bugs. It's, it's, it's gross. Not only that, Paul and Silas are chained by feet, by foot, by feet. They're chained by their feet and foots. And so, so not only are they in a dark place, but they're also chained and stuck. You were struggling with me, so that's why one of, one of the five core values is family. Let's struggle together. So they're stuck. They're stuck. They're, they're, they're tied up. They have chains on their legs. I'm already in the hole. You're going to put chains on my legs? How many of us have felt like, man, I'm growing in God, I joined a small group, I'm living right, I haven't looked at that, haven't talked to her or him, haven't done all the different things I normally do, but now I feel like I'm in a situation. And, and it, what makes it worse is I thought it was already bad, just got more bad news. So now I'm under the jail, but I'm also shackled. But in the midst of that, because of the great move, Paul and Silas 
understood what the greater mission was. So they didn't look at where they were at that moment. They looked at what God was doing. I bet they were still thinking about the great miracle of that demon getting cast out of that girl. Now, before they went into the jail cell, they were flogged and scourged. These men were beaten brutally. And so it says they're up at midnight. I would be up at midnight too. It's hard to sleep with all those scars. So it's not like they're just super holy. I don't know. I mean, they are, but, but they're just men. But it's hard to sleep when you're shackled by your feet and you're stuck in a dark place and it's mildew and you hear rats and you hear, you know, all these different things crawling around your legs. And, and you're just looking at one another like, man, it's amazing that we're alive. I believe there was a sense of gratitude. There was something like, man, I can't believe. Okay, I wonder what God's going to do next. Because there's guys up to something. And we know that because of the hymns that they continue to sing. Now, the movement always has music to it. For some of you all, there's been movements in your life that you've been a part of, or maybe, maybe there's been a certain specific situation that you had in your life, and there was a song that you listened to. My dad, I'm going to put my dad on blast. He's out of town, so just don't tell him. My dad told me when, in high school when his girlfriend broke up with him, she dumped him, and he played Lenny Williams, because <laughs> I love you all night long. It didn't fix anything. <laughs> it just made him cry, but now he can't listen to that song. <laughs> don't you dare tell that. Dad, if you're streaming, gosh, man. Woo. But that was the song. Uh, there's always a song that had, you know what I'm talking about. I had to use him because he was the sacrificial lamb today. But you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. You had some sort of song, and you can think of it right now. Man, I remember when I was down and out, I always listen to that song. Songs have, there's a, there's a way that songs, because we're rhythmic people. And so we're always trying to get in rhythm in life. And so sometimes a song keeps you in rhythm or takes you out of rhythm, depending on what song it is. And so here, these men have a rhythm, a song that exudes out of their lifestyle, out of their lives, out of their mouths, because of the movement that God is already doing on the inside. So the question is for you and me, what song is coming out of you on a day-to-day basis? Is the movement of the gospel so heavy, so strong, you're so grateful that it's just moving in you and you just accidentally sing a hymn? You just, you're just walking through Harris Teeter, maybe Whole Foods, and you're just a great I am. Oh man, it just keeps coming out. You know sometimes you're walking down the street and you just start singing a song. Why is that song so heavy? Because there was a movement attached to that song. Be careful what you listen to. I'm not telling you what to listen to, but I know what I won't listen to. <laughs> and so there's, a, there's music, there's a sound. And it says that as they were singing, they, imagine this, they're in the cell singing together, singing together, singing hymns. And as they're doing that, it says that this is midnight. The other prisoners are listening. This is not just regular listening. This is listening intently like you would at an orchestra, listening in. What are they talking about? What are they singing? I've never heard that before. It's keeping them up. Now, on the side note, the jailer sleep. <laughs> so, so I don't know what's up with that guy. I don't know if he just had a, a hard heart, but, but the prisoners are listening and they can hear, man, what is this? So much so that after the music c- continued to play, a move of God happened. Now, that's the moment. Movement, music, moment. The moment occurs when they fought, felt in alignment with God, stood. When they stood in alignment with God and something from, from their hearts, God dwells in the high and lofty places, but also with the lowly, contrite heart. And so as they were worshiping, as they were praising, as they were reminding themselves of the things that they ought to be grateful for, as they were growing in faith and believing for what God was going to do next, as they were just surrendering themselves and worshiping, beaten, bruised, cut, 
weeping. All of the things that they were going through, they're worshiping, and heaven hears their song. I want to challenge you to grow in your music so that heaven can hear your song. Because when heaven hears your song, our God loves us so much that he responds. God heard the song and he said, man, that's a sweet sound. I inhabit the praises of my people. I love the way that sounds. As a matter of fact, I'm about to do something. So then an earthquake broke out. And here comes the moment. Now, the secret to this story is, that the earth, the, 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 the jail shook before the earthquake. See, because when we believe, when we have faith, Jesus said if our, our, with, with the faith that we have, we can move a mountain. So they were praying and believing, and they were shake, shaking up the place just out of their worship. Worship your way out of your situation. If you're stuck, worship your way out of your situation. Don't look at what you see. Don't be like Peter, even though I love Peter. Peter reminds me a lot of me. I would probably do all the stuff and more that he did, so no knock on him. But Peter started to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And the main goal was to get from point A to point B, but there were waves in between point A and point B. And so he missed out on the opportunity to get to his point B because of the waves of point A, one, two, and three. And so for us, we need not to look at the things that are happening around us, the jail cell that we feel that we're stuck in, the the jailer and the people who beat us, all the things that have happened to us. Don't look at that. Look at Jesus and begin to worship because you know your God is bigger, bigger than anything that can be thrown at you. The foundations of the jail shook. And as the foundations of the jail shook, We realize who was really in prison, the jailer who was asleep. Two things on this. First and foremost, there's a lot of people who are sleeping on you. There's a lot of folks who are sleeping on you. What you believe, what you're about, what your goals are, what God has given to you, there's a lot of people who are asleep. Do not fight them because there's going to come a time where they're going to be reminded of what they slept on. And when they're reminded of what they slept on, that's your opportunity to not lose by disqualifying yourself from the gospel that you claim, but for you to go and minister back to them. That same man that was asleep while they were, they were singing those hymns turned and said, I'm going to kill myself. At that same moment, Paul rushed over there and said, hey, no, don't do it. We're all in here. Minister to the man, gave, uh, led the man to Jesus. Now, second to that, how in the world did Paul and Silas know that the jailer was going to kill himself. I have two thoughts. Number one, that earthquake was bad to the bone, and every wall dropped, and they had a straight, direct shot. They said, hey, stop. That could be one. (laughs) The other thing is, Paul and Silas, even after their chains ripped open, after a moment of what we would call freedom, how many of y'all, let's just be honest, would run at that moment? The chains opened up. Thank you for the truth in the church. Thank you. Thank you for the truth. There's some truth. Pe- okay, there's some people about truth in this house. I would be like, oh my, that's the miracle. Gone. Woo! You won't be able to clock this 40 because I didn't have a start. I just took off. There was no lining up. I was gone. And so... that's what we would have done. But this is why it's so important for us to yield to the Holy Spirit because it's not about the actual moment that happens when you see something. It's about interceding and getting in alignment with what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
There's many moments that we're missing out on or that we don't see because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us or we're not allowing us ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit. And so what, we, what most people would think was the moment was the freeing. That wasn't the moment. The moment was go minister to this man. And then that allows us to remember this. Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. In all of this, I believe that the only reason why Paul and Silas went to jail is because God loved that jailer. <laughs> God love that jailer. How many people are we stepping over, overlooking, on our way to our movement, on our way to this place that God is sending us? Oh, excuse me. Look out. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. God's got something for me. No. Look at all these dead bodies you're leaving behind. Lean yourself towards the voice of God towards the scripture, so that when you see a moment when your chains are open, our chains aren't open for us. Our chains are open so that we can go and free somebody else. Let's try to wrap this up. I'm over time, but we're going to keep on going. It's just too good. I'm sorry. Um, So at that moment, the chains broke up. Paul and Silas go over there. But here's what it says. It says, Paul yells out, all of the prisoners are still here. That's another thought. The prisoners who aren't saved, who aren't believers, they were listening to that music. Anybody ever listen to a song you forgot where you were? <laughs> they were listening to that music. The earthquake happened. How many of y'all understand? They were, what? Man, this is, I don't know what's happening next. This is like a Netflix series. This is episode three. I already like the singing. I like the earthquake episode. I don't know what's coming next, but I ain't moving. And so they stayed right there in that place. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened with those people who were in prison, with those, those prisoners. But I do know this. A church was planted. I don't know. I can't say that those same people joined that church. I can't say that. But I do know this. God, as he's doing something through us evangelistically through us, uh, to a certain person, Paul the jailer, Silas the jailer, someone else will witness while we're witnessing. And so I don't know what happened for them. They might have went on. Maybe they didn't get right with God, but they kept telling the story because you would tell that story, how wild that was when you got locked up. You knew you weren't supposed to be doing nothing right, and then God opened the door. You know you would share that story. Maybe someone else got saved off that story. Maybe they joined the church. Maybe they died. I don't know what happened. But understand this. When we share the gospel, God is powerful. God moves by his spirit, and so it goes beyond just what's coming out of our mouths. There are people who will watch us. There are people who will receive. The other day, I was in a, um, I was in a, in a Starbucks. I was talking to somebody about Jesus. I was leading them to the, to, to the Lord, and the barista, I told you this barista thing, the barista listened and said, man, I love that story, man. That just blessed me. I'm telling you, people hear stuff. Everyone's listening. Why? Because everybody's stuck. And so they're trying to get unstuck. I'm trying to take anything I can so that I can grow. Amen? All right. The movement, the music, the moment, the message. Paul was ready and willing. As Andy Minio said, he's a Christian rapper, download his album. <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I want to leave you with these things, and then I'm out of here. I promise, Pastor Jim. Three types of evangelism, okay? There's come and see. We're really good at that. Oh, you should come to Grace Covenant Church. We think that that's the evangelism. <laughs> oh, man, I shared. I told somebody to come to church this week. Ooh, I'm on fire. <laughs> I just heard NBA jam in my head. I'm a millennial to the core. 
Come and see. (laughs) Asking someone to come and see what is good. There's nothing wrong with this. Point them to Jesus. And so you're saying, hey, come and see. Let's go. Let's go. That's what they did with Jesus. Second one, go and tell. I like this one. I'm not waiting on Pastor Brett's sermon. It's it's Wednesday. Well, we got Wednesday night service. It's Thursday morning. Okay. That was last night. Sunday's far away. It's only me and this person right now. I need to go and tell them. I need to share something. You need to know what to say. Go and tell. Lastly, my favorite, walk with me. Walk with me. For some of us, we've been walking with people for over two decades, and they have still not got right with God. What are you walking with them in? What are we walking with them in? Are we walking with them in commonality, that we like the same things, that we like sports, that we like shopping? What is the commonality? And if that's the foundation of your relationship, then love is not there. Because love says, I don't want you to go to hell. I love you too much for us to just keep on pitter-patter and, and going to Macy's and hanging out. I, no, I enjoy that. But let that be the fruit of Jesus in our relationship so that when we go, we walk together in love. If I'm stepping on toes, just leave them out there. Just keep them right there. We, <laughs> we'll wash your feet after the sermon. Salt. Salt. This is, this is how we stay salty, saints. This is how we say salty, okay? S-A-L-T. Start a conversation. That's all you have to do. Ask a question. Ask questions about them. Get to know who they are. Listen. Listen to what they say. Then tell your story. Salt. Start a conversation. Ask questions. Listen. Tell your story. When it's time to tell your story, know your story. Two-minute miracle, and I'm done. Two-minute miracle is 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 45 seconds. 30 seconds is who you were before Christ. 45 seconds is your encounter with Christ. And then the last 45 seconds are who you are now. If you don't know those things, then give your life to Jesus today. (laughs) Give your life to Jesus today. If you can tell me who you were before Christ, but you can't tell me about who you are after an encounter with Christ, then you might not have encountered Christ. You might have encountered church or Tiffany singing. It's time for us to be the church and to really know who I am in Jesus, what I'm called to do, who I'm called to be, so that the gospel can move forward. Amen? Amen. I'm done. We'll talk in the lobby. There's more. It's like there's more. But the other pastor in next service is going to give you even more. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news. We're so thankful that we're not talking about bad news anymore. We've been saved. We've been redeemed by your blood. Even as we took communion today, we're reminded of what was broken up and what was poured out for our sins. And we thank you for that. Lord, help us to do the work of the evangelists to challenge ourselves just as we challenge ourselves with sales, just as we challenge ourselves to pay our mortgage, just as we challenge ourselves to be better husbands and wives, better fathers and mothers. Lord, help us to challenge ourselves on how we can be effective for the gospel of Jesus Christ.